Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. to KEDC, and this is Red Sea Roundup. I am your host for today, Pam Marvin, and on the phone or with me right now, I have Thaddeus Romanski joining me. Good morning, Thaddeus. Morning, Pam. Good morning, listeners. How are y'all doing? Mm, Well, I'm doing great. I am loving this weather, even though it's getting a little bit warmer um, it's still cool enough in the evening. Sometimes we've been having a, the family movie night. I keep talking about it because it's just so fun to to do things a little different and fun during this uh, crazy time that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Y'all got, doing some uh, crazy things? I wouldn't say we're doing anything, any crazy things, but we are still, like you, trying to get outside in the evenings. We've got maybe a week or maybe a little bit more probably of where we can do that. It's, it's quickly, it's mm-hmm. quickly ending. It seems like, um, and, um, yeah, just enjoying our, our time together as a family, uh, before likewise. things get back to normal. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Speaking of things kind of getting back to normal, I, um, I got to go to daily mass yesterday. It was just really wonderful and refreshing i went over to saint mary's and uh i guess you could say we had a full house given the occupancy um limitations it was full and robust and just beautifully back they even had a visiting priest and we had three priests and i don't know it refreshes me so much and especially after this uh this long absence um i've just been reflecting on how just i just not gonna let anything stand in my way of of returning to mass personally it's just uh, been so refreshing and beautiful regardless of you know the norm is being changed to accommodate but uh, it's been beautiful so um just talk about daily masses so they have them at saint mary's at 5 30 each day um the five days a week and uh i want to refer all of our listeners too because i know if you're hungry like most of us are for returning to daily mass um, you can find out what those masses are here in the Brazos Valley um, at redsearadio.org on the resources tab of the Brazos Valley Church websites. And you can go to each one of those websites to find out what their schedule is, um, which is applicable here locally. And I encourage that as well for our listeners in the Waco area and the Palestine area as well. Just go right onto those search websites and find um, what the mass times, because they may be a little different than you're accustomed to, but uh, the Holy Mass is back, and we are so blessed to be able to to receive Jesus that way. Indeed. I want to piggyback off of that and uh, say that I think we also, as things seem to be going towards uh, a return to normality, I think we need to look back and on the experience that we've been through and continue to give thanks for God to God for um, his mitigation of what we experienced. Um, it could have been much 
worse. Um, pandemics such as this have been much worse in human history, and we were spared something much more deadly. Uh, we need to remember to pray for those that have died, but give thanks to God that most of us have talked about having our schedules disrupted, have talked about having to accommodate maybe grown children moving home or college students mm -hmm. coming home when there were unexpected um, activities being canceled, things like that. Um, those are extremely bearable inconveniences when you look at things in the grand scheme. And so let's, let's really give thanks to God for his mercy and his goodness in the midst of this difficulty as we close so true. the close of the Easter season. And, you know, we, we need to remember that uh, there's been many times the Pope has offered prayers for the entire world. Bishops have prayed for their cities, the monasteries, the convents all around the world continue to pray for all of us and for relief from this pandemic. Individual people and groups of Catholics and Christians have been praying for the world. So all these prayers have been answered. That's so true, Thaddeus. I'm thinking for that reminder. Um, one of the other things I've really been reminded of in this contemplation, and by the way, after the break, my guest is going to be Charlene Alexander, who is a consecrated woman from Regan Christie. We'll, we'll be talking more about reflections during this time of quarantine. Um, but one of the things that what we didn't mention in, that I think is well worth noting is that um, it's, always, it's also called to, to mind during this quarantine and the difficulties we face just, you know, personally, I speak for myself, really, how how spoiled I've been of the conveniences of just all that we've done in the past and indeed going to mass and everything. And the good Lord just really convicted me in my heart that, um, you know, if we really looked around and saw his good blessings that have fallen on all of us each and every day, that we could just burst with joy for the goodness that is in front of us, even with the challenges that we've been facing Um Reminding me once again to not focus on the negative, but focus on his good gifts each day, you know, from the simple things like the the meals to, you know, just a roof over our heads. And uh, now, thanks be to God, you know, returning to, to mass. And that's just been so refreshing for me to literally refreshing has been the best way I can describe it to return to mass, just a kind of renewed thanksgiving to god because you know eucharist meaning thanksgiving too right so i also want to encourage our listeners uh, if you haven't yet gotten back to mass to check your local listings um if your church and the website if you want to go straight to redsearadio.org you can find it under the resources tab to find out about confession again there things are being done a little differently here in the brazos valley um, i know you have to sign up with for St. Mary's, and indeed, there is a protocol at St. Thomas Aquinas, too, but um, Father Albert is doing confessions over there as well, and I'm sure um, my Waco listeners can hop onto their website as well. Do we have some of the website? We have some of the local churches from the Waco website on the website, too, Thaddeus? Every, every single one of them. Every single one of them is on our resources tab for the Central Texas 
um, listening area. And we even have the information for our folks down in Palestine for Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Palestine. So yes, every every parish that is covered by the, the airwaves of Red Sea Catholic Radio is there at our resources tab. It's a very easy way to uh, get that local church information for for sure. And I, speaking of Waco, I also want to make sure to remind people that uh, we had to push back our benefit dinner there in Waco, but it's still going to be happening. It's going to be happening in October. October um, 8th, I believe, is the date. Dennis, correct me if I, if I misstated the date. Um, it's going to still be at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. You can still purchase tickets. You can still reserve a table. We've had great response and faithfulness from our Waco listeners. They have stuck with us. Um, our station director up there, Robin Waters, has been reaching out to people and um, asking them to you know, keep their reservation, uh, to go ahead and register or buy tickets, and just outstanding response from our Waco listening area. So, gosh, it's been really gratifying to to have that and to to, to know that right. there's that support from our, our Waco listeners. Yes, so, you, you are you correct, Thaddeus. It is October 8th, and so, yeah— uh, we're going to leave the reservations open now, but we'll we'll make a big push as we get closer toward the end of the summer to have people uh, that haven't yet reserved a table to uh, reserve it. Because as Robin said, we want to we want to pack the house. We want to completely fill the center at uh, at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. And they're going to have the uh, awesome. inimitable uh, the never never able to be imitated one and only uh, <laughs> Father Albert Haas uh, up mm-hmm. there for their benefit dinner too. And uh, he was really well received and people really enjoyed his presentation here in the Brazos Valley. So I can't believe that it's going to be any different in, in Waco. No, it's, so they've got that to look indeed. forward to. He's very inspirational. So there's a lot of great things that are going on. I know, Pam, you were mentioning that uh, we're having some of the um, return to the first sacraments for yes. some some of the churches. You observed uh, one recently? Yes. Right. I was so excited as I was in daily Mass, Father at St. Mary's here in College Station, Father Brian was talking about the, um, the Catholics being confirmed. It's going to happen at this noon Mass on Sunday. So mm. if anyone who wants to turn in and watch that confirmation Mass at St. Mary's, it um, will be noon this um, Sunday. However, on the vigil of Pentecost, they, he will be bringing in all the RCIA members that were scheduled to come in, in uh, at Easter, this last um, Easter. But I have to say, I have a very personal connection. So I actually was talking to my son this morning about getting a seat at that Mass on the eve of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. He um, has a college a college buddy, a young lady who was coming into the church. Um, she was his actually his Aggie Wrangler partner, so that's kind Aww. of exciting. She's going to be entering into the into the church on the eve of Pentecost. And Father Brian made a beautiful note. He said that, you know, in his twenty years of twenty plus years of being a priest, he had never actually done a vigil mass of um, even the vigil Pentecost mass. 
He says it's quite beautiful, so um, I'm kind of hoping I might get a seat at that Mass mm-hmm. if uh, my good friend Bryn has a place for me there. I know it's limited seating, um, but I'm hoping to get be a part of that and see firsthand. It sounds like it's going to be beautiful. And I've seen a couple of uh, first communicants that have received the Eucharist for the first time, once in person and yeah. once some, with some dear friends that have posted the information on Facebook. Actually, two dear friends that have posted on and Facebook of, of receiving their first communion. So I know that the sacraments are, are going back, uh, but the first sacraments are starting to ramp up, and that's very exciting. It's it's kind of like an extension so of, of Easter, even beyond, uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping that we're going to have a lot of these Easter moments even into the summer, which is great. Right. Well, well, I know that some of um, the families may at first blush be disappointed that it didn't happen in the ordinary style. I think that uh, history will look back on it and say what a blessed time it was and how much more profound it was to receive it in this um, extraordinary way than, than we're accustomed to and, and that's just one of those ways the Holy Spirit is just telling us, I'm here with you, I love you, and I adore you, and be not afraid as he comes to us again in all these sacraments. Just beautiful. You know, I as we wrap excited. up this morning, as we wrap up this morning, um, I was mentioning Father Albert, who was a Franciscan priest, and I wanted to mention the saint of today, because we try to make that a regular feature uh, here in the first part, is St. Bernadine of Siena who was a Franciscan mm. living in Renaissance uh, Italy, Catherine of Siena. He's from the same, the same town. And he was sort of, the, sort of a, a Billy Graham of his day. He was a famous, uh, well-renowned preacher, uh, and he would, he would bring people back to the practice of confession um, and have uh, mass reconciliation services where he would hear you know, hundreds of confessions at a time. Um, and he also was a renowned peacemaker in the spirit of St. Francis of Assisi. And he, he worked really hard to, um, Italy was a place of a lot of civil war at that time between the various city-states. It wasn't a united country yet. And it was very, uh, a, a very dangerous and, and hard place to live. Uh, and so he tried to uh, bring the various city-states to peace and worked hard for reconciliation between the warring cities and feuding families. And so we ask for his intercession today uh, that we would come back to the sacraments if we've been away and that we would seek peace in our own lives today. Amen. Well, stay tuned, folks, for a great interview with Pam and Charlene Alexander after the break here on Red Sea Roundup. We can't wait to see you again uh, very soon at the sacraments. Come on back to church, people. It's open. Welcome, welcome back to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. Again, I am your host, Pam Marvin. And today I have a very special guest, I ha- Charlene Alexander, out of the Regnum Christi Consecrated Women community in the Houston Tomball area. 
is joining me today, and I'm so blessed and thankful to be able to share the airwaves with her today. Welcome, Charlene. Thank you, Pam. Well, thank you for having me. It's exciting to have a conversation with you, who we've had so many wonderful conversations, Mm. and here we are on radio sharing. What a blessing. I just have to tell our listeners, uh, my listeners, it's very very personal for me to have Charlene on today. I, I have long wanted to have her on, so I'm just really thrilled to get her today. Charlene and I met about 12 years ago at a conference where I received spiritual guidance from Charlene. And as the good Lord would have it, she taught me one of my favorite of all time go-to quotes in good times and in bad, which is all things grace. So I really, I really appreciate you teaching me that because it was really in the context of difficulties, which kind of we're going to be talking about today as well, that it needs to be looked at in the framework of a grace. And so today, my listeners, Charlene and I are going to be discussing just some reflections on time in quarantine and how it affects us humanly and spiritually. Yes. Thank you, Pam. Everything is great. Mm. And this time of quarantine has certainly challenged that. So for my listeners, Charlene is a consecrated woman of Regnum Christi for 22 years now. And just a beautiful soul. If you just imagine someone who's dedicated their lives to just loving Jesus and, and being the primary focus in all you do and say, And you can tell with her contemplative heart and her intellect just coming together to share the Lord. So let's let's get started. Okay. Does that sound? So I have really had on my heart to um, do the show about like just contemplations of things that have gone on during this time of quarantine, how the Holy Spirit's been with us and moving and living in us and I couldn't think of a better person to just share that with than Charlene. So I'm so excited to share these uh, quarantine reflections. mm -hmm. I hope everyone's making reflections and taking time. We have a lot of time on our hands. For sure. The days go so fast, but what lessons am I learning? Mm -hmm. What is coming to my mind and heart? Thank you for this topic, Pam. Well, we have had a lot more time to be reflective, and uh, sometimes, like in my case, it wasn't always the most positive, but definitely the most fruitful, and continues to be. So we're not really out of it yet, and so we continue. But our first topic that we kind of want to broach is kind of how we've reacted in our humanity. So let's talk about that a little bit, um, Charlene. Okay, that's been a major theme for me, Pam, because as you say, we aren't out of it. I literally have not been out. I live in community, and there are nine or so of us, and we designated one as the shopper, and we have our routine of when she gets back, how we sanitize, and she takes the shower, and we have our routine, but I have not actually been out yet. Mm. And it was a blessing to me to have so many days to set aside to pray. 
And in my prayer, I used uh, one thing that was very important for me was a consecration to St. Joseph. Mm. And this for me brought home the humanity of Christ Jesus, born in the flesh and, and living with these nine women in closer quarters than usual. That human side of everyone comes out and it's been delightful to <laughs> really get to know my sisters um, even better being in close quarters. And I, I've prayed a lot for families mm. that are in close quarters for long periods of time that discovering strengths and weaknesses would be a time of love and growth and acceptance the way Christ accepts each one of us in our humanity. He himself is human. Mm. So beautiful. So true. And I like to always reflect it when things start to come at us. I mean, negative things um, in general, just about the, the reality of the time we're living in. I always like to say our first reaction is going to be very, very human. Um, although I have to say, when we first started quarantine, I was excited about what God was doing. I, I, I knew he was calling us to a challenge and I just thought, oh, we're up for it. But I have to say that kind of started to to wane and after the weeks went on. And um, but with that said, you and I had talked about um how family life has been looking a little different for a lot of people. You talked about your community. Well, I can say we were having a lot of fun up until around Easter, folks, after Easter and there was just something about that as a, a very, um, I don't know, just a changing point. I guess maybe it was the length of time. Maybe it was the lack of the sacraments. That was a big one for me of just really feeling um, in the desert, just desolate. But I, I we got to go ahead and talk about the medical, excuse me, the mental and physical wellness um, that I think everyone has been I don't know, struggling with, but it's been challenged by. Oh, sure. Yes. I mean, grace builds on nature. So we have to take care of our natural, physical, mental wellness and how important it is to get fresh air, mm -hmm. to take walks, and really to make sure in the home there is adequate space and places to retreat, to have some alone time, to pray or just disconnect. So laughter and games, dealing with the scuffles, getting to know one another, it's all so good. But we can't take for granted that mental and physical wellness. We have to pay attention to that and take care of ourselves. For sure. Well, one of the things I love seeing was our my little neighborhood. Well, it's not little, it's kind of bigger, but uh, came alive with families riding bikes and walking just for the sheer uh, love of being outdoors and, and just family time. It kind of made, reminded me of being a kid back in the early, late 70s and early 80s, where that's kind of what you did. You rode your bikes in the night neighborhood and and those kinds of things. It was really, that part of it has been very sweet. So that's been a, a very nice side. But although we know the mental health side of it's been pretty 
tough, especially if you weren't getting outside and getting all your good vitamin D from the sun, that it could really, um, the darkness of just what's going on, if we dwelt on it too much, could be very damaging. And uh, I, for one, had to just start uh, stepping away from social media and news and trying to live more in the moment, which isn't that what Christ calls us to anyway? Yes, I did that early on. I found myself very tense in those first week or two. And even in community, we designated, is there one person that would watch the news and just find out what we need to know and tell the rest of us? Mm. Because it was too much for all of us. Mm -hmm. And we I, we said, could we not talk about the coronavirus at lunch every day? <laughs> That's the main meal that we all show up for. And, you know, breakfast and dinner, it's, we have a certain time. If you're home, you know, if you are available, we have a meal in community. But um, we would try to change the topic and not dwell on it. So that was very helpful. And there was something about, I, I relate with you when you go out for a walk and all of a sudden you're seeing your neighbors out and the bike rides and the few construction workers that little by little were able to go do this and that. There was a new connection with neighbors mm -hmm. and humanity itself. Even a stranger, you'd see them and, and the hello was much more genuine and you'd linger on that mm -hmm. and there was a type of solidarity with every human being that you met you know outside of your quarantine oh uh, exactly and I have to say it's still continuing um for my listeners so I uh went out for a walk this past week and I live um in an area where there's some patio homes where seniors live and I was just starting out on my walk and um beautiful woman was doing a, I guess, chore. She's a widow. She was going to do some project outdoors. And I paused just a moment to say hello. And she walked down to the edge of the street and we talked for two hours. And I remember thinking to Jesus, uh, talking, saying, <laughs> this is exactly what you wanted of me. So just I encourage our listeners to be aware of your elderly neighbors who just may need to just talk because they've been by themselves a lot. And then I turn around and walk home and run and see another um, elderly gentleman just sitting in his driveway in his lawn chair watching people walk by because he was getting a little frustrated about all this because they are the ones at such higher risk, you know, very vulnerable. So it, reaching out to your neighbors that way, you know, being able to visit with them outdoors and just see how they're doing and and let them talk, maybe vent a little bit. It's another beautiful thing that we can do to help, you know, shoulder this burden to be a Simon for one another during this time. Thank you for that example, Pam. It's so true. And it, for me, harkens back to not my childhood, but I mean, my childhood and the fact that we played in the neighborhood with our uh, <clears throat> neighbor friends and all, but being able to just sit and watch people go by and stop and chat as if we all have time yes. because now we do. And I hope we don't lose that. It, it seems to hearken of a simpler time in life when we had time for one another and to listen. So thank you for that example. 
I hope a lot of people take it to heart and seek out those in their life that need to just talk. Well, and some of the thing is a great gift you can give to someone. Amen. And for your family members as well. I know having teenagers at home, they have a tendency to, um, my introvert turn in a little bit on herself and, um, having to extract her to get fun things to do has not been too hard, but I had to plan more and the family dinners have really come alive. And, uh, I learned to break, I learned to bake bread sourdough bread. So I'm excited about that. That's been kind of fun too. (laughs) So those are some of the fun human sides. Although of course we've talked about the difficulties and the challenges. Um, So I'm going to talk about my little, my difficulties. And I know Charlene, your perspective is a little different and I really love seeing they're kind of complimentary. So I want to share both of them. But um, after Easter, I felt more desolate than I had. And and I just remember thinking to the Lord, what are you doing in me now? And, and part of my reflection was having been stripped of the sacraments has been just a big blow to me. And stripped is a really good way because I could feel during the rest of the year, how much receiving on a frequent basis, a Holy Eucharist and confession build me up, strengthen my spiritual muscles. Well, like so many of us who, who maybe couldn't go to the gym anymore, you know, our little muscles are getting weaker. And well, that was the same for me with the lack of the sacraments. And so that kind of stripped me down to just be more self self-reflective and, oh my goodness, one of the, one of the things that happened for me is I felt like God was starting to um, just kind of reveal even my more powerfully my venial sins of everyday life. And that, that was kind of rough. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. That's rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of those uh, stages of the spiritual life that we don't enjoy, but when it comes from the Lord, it comes with such mercy. Mm. And it struck me that our Holy mother church was an still is giving these plenary indulgences and actual forgiveness of sin. And it, just by making this sincere act of contrition and making these spiritual communions, I was thinking we are truly like the first Christians, the early Christians who did not have all of the formulas all of the institution and structure, but somehow they knew they were going to take and bake that bread and bless it. And they were going to confess their sins one to another. And they had to learn, you know, the symbol of light, lighting the candle, the Easter candle. So I was hoping that we would really dig deep into our own spirituality and discover how to make it alive when mm. we don't have the structures that we're used to. Mm-hmm. I think that's and so that important. The church was offering, yes. Pardon me. No, no. I, I, I just want to listen to you talk, Charlene. Um, those structures. So I, I had heard of spiritual communion before, and um, actually had Father Greg Gerhardt on to talk about. Uh, spiritual communion and the history and how to make a good one as well as um, contrite confession. 
And that was really good. But I have to say, for me, it was never exactly a substitute, I'm going to be honest, for receiving Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Although I have found some people that really, it really benefited them a great deal. And you may have been one of those, Charlene, I think, maybe. Yes, Pam. We talked about desolations and consolations and the Lord did something powerful in me during this quarantine time. I had had this inspiration long before the coronavirus hit, but when we begin our consecrated life, we have um, five years of formation. And in those first four years, uh, I almost never went out. It was a lot of rigorous routines of prayer and study, and we lived the Easter liturgies with all of the smells and bells and beauty and uh, prayer because we had so much time to prepare our hearts. So I was, since then, I'm very active in Holy Week because the Reagan Christie movement does missions worldwide. So Everyone is on a mission, expected to go to a mission and help facilitate missions out of parishes and, you know, not just in rural parts of the world, but uh, we've been creative in the way we do mission. And we're, we're exhausted, quite frankly. So we usually take like three days of rest after Easter. And I said, oh, to live the days of reflective silence and to actually live sacred silence of Mm. Friday and Saturday, Good Friday and Holy Saturday. Well, the Lord made that wish real. And I was able to live in a retreat. I I lived a personal retreat from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. And the Lord revealed his love and humanity to me through all of that. And it's been a deep renewal of faith. This time of quarantine uh, has been a deep renewal of faith. Mm-hmm. And I realized people need that from me. They needed to hear it. Even in my own community, I, I just have a new light, a new insight. It's a time of consolation. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me share that, Pam. It's beautiful. I love that you shared with me um, when we did our pre-phone call a very beautiful reflection um, over Mary Magdalene, because that was recently in the readings. So we, could you share that analogy again? Because I thought that was just so beautiful. Yes, Pam, thank you. I began saying there's something about the humanity of Christ and doing this consecration to St. Joseph has made me rea- realize how real, how human was even the Holy Family and how we are called to live this holy family life with all its mess. And so Mary Magdalene, one of my favorites, she was weeping, looking for the dead Jesus to anoint his body, to kiss his body, to do something to console her grief. And that line of don't hold on to me, Mary, when he said her name, and I think each one of us should Take a moment to listen to our name being pronounced by Jesus himself. And she realized it is the Lord. You are so near to me. 
in a different way. And he said, don't hold on to me. I have not ascended to the father. So he was teaching her how to touch him in a new way without that physical presence of the Lord, but to take her higher. And I heard those words and I took it seriously and said, I get it, Jesus. You're asking me to live in my own humanity, remembering that you are flesh and bone and you can go through walls, you eat fish, you Mm -hmm. make breakfast for the ones you love. Mm -hmm. So this was a way to make Jesus very real for me from this lesson of Mary Magdalene. That is beautiful. I love that reference so much because when you told that to me, I thought that is so true because I really am holding on to Jesus in a, in a way that is simply in the the Holy Eucharist um, that comes to me most profoundly. But one of my reflections of quarantine was, okay, Lord, so that's been taken. Um, that's no longer available. And um, also confession, not for that time period, was no longer available. But the one way that Christ was saying, but come to me in my word, because that's how, you know, they come to us in the priest and in the word and in the Eucharist. Um, but to to just really just reignite that love of scripture. So, you know, I, I typically have done the daily readings, but this is really this time of quarantine has made me even more um convicted to just be reading the gospels on a very regular basis, you know, just fluidly. So I started with the book of John, which is, you know, I think I read the you know chapter one and just got all teary eyed and saying, thank you, Jesus, that he inspired me to do this. But to, the other reflection necessarily on the way that God comes to us has been really more profound for me too, is of the triune God, you know, just in the form of the Holy Spirit, in the form of of Jesus and then God, the good, good father, because the, the good father right now I'm really holding on to because I know that he is loving us so tenderly and greatly during this time of quarantine and wants us to, to learn and grow. And he certainly has uh, been able to do that by allowing some not so positive things to happen, you know, back to the kind of the, my human, um, formation or lack thereof, the self-pity and lies started coming in as I was feeling so stripped of so many things um, that I was really, you know, starting to buy some of those really common lies. Um, My sweet dear listeners, if you ever feel like I'm not, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy, just remember anytime that is spoken, that is really of the dark spirit and that is not of God. Um, And so he was really revealing that that was happening to me again and wanting me to use more tools to to just not listen and to turn it away. Um, and one of the ways that I did that was in this month of May, especially was turning to the Blessed Mother. And my rosary the was, rosary. yes, that was my haven. I would, you know, when I started to feel those lies, I just start to really jump into um, saying my rosary on a whole new level. Yes. I received a very special grace on the first or second day of quarantine. I said, oh, I'm not praying my rosary in the car. Yes. (laughs) I had really gotten into the habit of praying my rosary in the car. Uh Um, Lots of long drives here in Houston. And 
I was walking down the street and it came alive. Again, that humanity, the life of Christ and Mary and Joseph. And so I'm walking down the street, praying my rosary and truly entering into the mysteries. That's what the rosary is really all about. Mm -hmm. And that has been a great gift. And even Pope Francis has encouraged families to pray the rosary during this time. And Our Lady Endure of Not, you know, she's the one who can untwist this twisted situation Mm -hmm. that the world is in. We need her intercession. And so I feel this worldwide unity through the rosary as well. Mm. Ah, and you spoke about scripture, Pam, yes. and especially mm. the book of John. I found myself not using my missile, but like you, I wanted to go straight to my Bible. Mm-hmm. And I was even like hugging my Bible, kissing the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. like holding on to the Lord in a new way. Mm-hmm. The, the Trinity gave us the word and there it is. So I'm hoping that sacred scripture and rosary also come to life for everyone. And Pam, have you heard about this new interesting series that um, a group of, I believe, Protestant Christians have put together, although the main actor who plays Jesus is a Catholic and it's a series called the chosen. Yes. It's been oh, such a blessing to me. me. Yes, my sweet listeners, if you have not heard of The Chosen, you can go to thechosen.tv and I believe during quarantine they've allowed the first season to be free. You can just free. pull it up on your um even they have an app for it for your phone or you can get it also on your on your computer, but I uh, they dive in so much deeper. They do take some artistic license to develop the characteristics of each of the apostles that walked with Jesus. And they've done such a fabulous job to make them so relatable and real. And they have modern, they've taken liberty to modernize it a little bit as far as like what personalities and stuff. But what a great find during quarantine, the chosen. Let's prepare everyone. I don't know. I live with a community of consecrated women. I tend toward the artistic and the Mm. creative and I, that, that helps me. But some of them received a shock when it's not the typical, Mm -hmm. you know, stories of Jesus or movies of Jesus, because they are mixing the Uh, past with the current Mm -hmm. in many ways. And I loved that Mm -hmm. seeing the relationships, for example, St. Peter, we know he was married. So this relationship with his wife Mm -hmm. and seeing the humanity of Mary and Jesus embracing and Jesus with the children. Yeah, it's delightful, but I wanted to prepare listeners in case they, they have to get ready for the creative license that they perfectly have and use, and, but nothing offensive, nothing. Right. Very relatable. I believe, um, I can't remember the director, producer's last name, but Dallas is his first name, but he said they very took it very seriously and that always would ask the question, but is it plausible that they would behave in this way? And I just thought... They just have really nailed it. I I believe the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. all over this production. 
It is not of Hollywood at all. It is a self-funded too, which I think is really awesome. That So it's we the people that are funding this production to get to know the apostles. And, and you know what? We need that example right now because we too are called to be apostles more so than ever in this crazy time that we're living in. And to see their boldness and to see their humanity all rolled into one is just been very uh, motivating for me. Amen. I agree. And from someone who's not very technological, I said, wow, this is impressing me that Christians are not afraid of the media. Mm. We are finally jumping in full fledged uh, in this huge world of media and movies, etc., to bring the good news of the gospel by any means we can. Jesus said, hey, the children of the world are pretty clever. He's like, I want my children as clever, mm-hmm. <laughs> bringing the light. And so anything we can do to support our brothers and sisters that are trying to evangelize through mass media, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Well, you did mention the word light. And so I want to kind of talk about um, a spirit, the spiritual lights that um, may have, some people may have come across, but one of my particular ones, which actually goes back to the way we opened up and talking about, you know, you were saying grace builds on nature and that you said it more beautiful. Uh, I used to say all things grace, but how do you say it more correctly than I do? Everything yes. is grace. Everything is grace. And so what, I when I was coming up with the idea for this um, show, I kept thinking, what is our fruit that is going to be born of this quarantine? And we're still in the process, uh, my listeners, we really are. But the, my light from this is like, you know what? Sometimes fruit can be very sour. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I have to say, you know, I it has borne me fruit in self-reflection and I just want to share that um, that spiritual side is I, I was really convicted of how I've done things poorly in the past. And we're talking anything, uh, you know, mortal, thanks be to God. But I, I wanted to give the analogy as, as a younger mother, I typically would stay busy apostolically or just with the children's lives and avoided the home a little bit too much, you know, avoided the cleaning and the cooking and so forth and so on. And uh, the Lord, I always kind of, I kind of came to know that in the last 10 years or so. But during this quarantine time, I have moved from realizing that I had already started to correct it, but now uh, I'm I'm moving into wanting to do a reparation for those things I've done poorly in the past and I think reparation on a daily basis and service to others is is one way, regardless of what uh, maybe your downfalls have been. The reparation is always there in service to others. I think that pleases Christ in such a great way. Um, I just really wanted Absolutely. to to say that's that's been my little bitter fruit, but fruit nonetheless that um, has has borne more love in my heart to to work harder for my family. Oh, absolutely. I think we can all learn uh, the little way of Therese, Mm -hmm. right? Because our worlds, which normally we're on planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're all over the place. Now we only have 
this area of quarantine to sow the seeds of love, to do acts of charity, sacrifice, and well, I guess my reward will all, already be because um, hopefully I'm not bragging, but I would try to do secret things or little mm-hmm. things like uh, this isn't my job, but I'm going to do it anyway. Exactly. You know, I don't have to fold this laundry, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, these little things that mm-hmm. we can all do. Some of my sisters, um, yeah, baking recipes from their childhood and, you know, these, these little acts of charity and love that we do for one another, that's been a fruit and a grace. Yes. And it doesn't always come easy, Pam. No. <laughs> I really appreciate your honesty. And I think your audience and ours needs to hear they are not alone. Mm-hmm. And just because I'm a little bit on Tabor, I know lots of people are still on Calvary mm-hmm. with all of this. And in no way do I want to diminish that. But the theological gift of hope. Yes. What is our hope? Mm. You know, what is true hope? Maybe some of us just have hope that this quarantine will end, hope that the coronavirus is going to pass. But where does this true hope come from? It comes from the theological gift of hope that makes us hope in eternal life. And the virtue of hope responds to that desire for happiness that God has placed in the heart of every person by purifying them. Mm. So that purification comes through the sacrifice on the cross. But the true hope is the hope for eternal life that we can try to start living now. Little bit of heaven on earth. How am I bringing heaven to earth? Right, in your corner of the world, you know, I I was mm-hmm. quoting uh, Mother Teresa along with, you know, she, I love my Teresas, Avila, Lasu, and Calcutta. <laughs> they all just, I just, they just bless me so much. But to do small things with great love, I think is a really very important message today as we just talked about in those, you know, the anonymity of doing service to others in your home, um, cleaning up after others anonymously, but doing it with great love, I think is just so important. And and also just really regulating um, what are you letting into your heart during this time? Um, are you entertaining um, negative thoughts? Are you watching too much news and letting in too much um, uh, despair and, and letting it steal your hope? Because we are a, a people of hope, um, in Spee Salvi, Benedict says that hope and faith are like sisters. They are very much intertwined because if you are a person or people of hope, you, excuse me, a people of faith, the hope is there because, and I love you were just mentioning uh, the little way, because one of the phrases her mom, Zeli, used to say to them when they were very unhappy in this life, with whatever the situation was, whatever cross they had to bear, she would say, do not be surprised that you should be unhappy in this life, for we were not made for this life. We were made for heaven. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you know, the process of canonization has begun 
for Louie and Zelly, the parents mm. of Therese. And so I hope that encourages every mom and dad out there. And, you know, if you know anything about their story, um, he had a nervous breakdown. He had mm. a, a mental breakdown. She suffered uh, from breast cancer and so many losses of children, both miscarriage and after their birth. So they were a normal couple. Well, I had heard that both wanted to pursue a religious vocation and they had the same confessor. And this confessor wisely said, mm, you are called to the married life <laughs> and I think you need to have a holy family. And look at that. Uh, they certainly did fulfill what was God's plan for them. So moms and dads, this, this is, this is holiness, everyday holiness. Mm, right. Just, in, you know, embracing our cross in the light of our Catholic, our Catholic faith is more of a gift to Christ than just about anything else that we can do to say, you know, I accept these sufferings with love because you showed me how Jesus on the cross Pam, I can't not mention, though, the importance of prayer. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at hope in the catechism, um, and there are a few numbers there, so it's fun to dive in here and there. And number 2658, under the theological virtues, says hope does not disappoint us mm-hmm. because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And of course, that comes from Romans 5, uh, verse 5. So hope does not disappoint. We have to remember that, well, sins against hope are discouragement and despair. So I love what you've been emphasizing about what are we letting in. Mm. And if we note that it is bringing us more toward discouragement or despair, we are you know, not going with that true seed that we all have, which is hope. But it goes on to say in 2658, prayer draws everything into love mm. by which we are loved in Christ and which enables us to respond to him by loving as he loved us. Mm. So yes. that's when the rubber hits the road. It's it's love. And we need to get in contact with that love every day. That's we right. have to let that love be poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit. And that is prayer. We must pray mm-hmm. in order to receive. That's really our life as Catholics and Christians. It's just responding to the love that Christ is constantly pouring on us. It's so true because our God is a God of hope and faith and love, and he is in control. I love seeing that more than we've ever seen it. God is in control, you know, amen to that. He has us in the palm of his hands. And remember, we are definitely an Easter people because we look for and through the good news of Christ, which is our hope of heaven and to be with him again, knowing that supernatural love. Um, so we, can you believe we're almost out of time? Oh, is that something? Well, 
I, I do agree with you. And I've heard you say this so many times, Pam, in and out of the Easter season, mm. you say it a lot. We are an Easter people and our song is Alleluia. Mm. That's and so that's true. like a little motto that brings you uh, back to hope. And I, I could close myself with this beautiful uh, quote from Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Faith, hope, and love, may it be for every one of our listeners and for you, Pam. Thank you for having me. Oh, Charlene, I, I thank you so much for um, the gift of your consecration. I want to wish you, a, you know, it kind of it's kind of late for that now uh, by the time that the show will air, but a very happy spiritual Mother's Day. I mean, I really appreciate your spiritual motherhood and how much it's really blessed me. And I hope that we can do this again sometime. I'd love that. I would too, Pam. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember to go and love your neighbor. 